Hey awesome, yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're ready to stop falling into diet culture traps and finally put together a realistic plan on how to boost your energy. You might feel stuck because you can't quite kick the chocolate habit. The whole body love thing isn't getting the job done. Or maybe you're at an impasse because you are pushing it in the gym, but you can't figure out how and what to eat. How many times have you Googled best diet and found that the latest trend has failed you? Hey girl, I'm Jess registered dietitian, wife, mama, and total science and nutrition research junkie. I too used to be stuck in the cycle of insecurity and never feeling like my body was good enough. Then I tried to fix it with food only to end up right back where I started. I did some really hard work. I found food freedom, but then I was confused on how to eat healthy and get fit without falling back into diet culture crazy. I wish someone would have taught me the difference between discipline and obsession. I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself by balancing healthy eating with food freedom. Like how do I actually eat healthy, get fit, and have donuts with my kids? It wasn't until I figured out this awesome balance between discipline and permission, the art of intentional eating with sprinkles of flexibility, the empowered eating model was born. Here on the show, we nix diet culture while creating values-based health goals. We reconnect with how our body responds to food through biofeedback, all the while figuring out a plan on how to get healthy and fit without sacrificing the most meaningful parts of life. Sustainability doesn't mean never eating your favorite foods again. I mean, pizza is life, right? (laughs) We are here to finally not just feel comfortable, but confident in our body. I am so excited to fuel your awesome with empowered eating. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and grab my three steps to empowered eating guide totally free. Or hop onto my e-course, Food Foundations, to get the step-by-step deets on how I got here. All right, you ready to take your inner awesome to the next level? So grab that cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, because girl, it's time to go. What's up, friends? I am so excited to have my new friend here, Kate House. We met a while back. I was on Kate's podcast, and then we had just such a great conversation. I was like, we got to keep talking. (laughs) So, Kate, just a little bit on your background. You are from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Tell us a little bit about Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Oh my gosh. It's like the world's cutest little small town. I grew up watching Gilmore girls and I'm pretty sure I found my own stars hollow in Gettysburg, <laughs> Pennsylvania. It even has a town square that they decorate for every holiday. And it, it makes my heart so happy to live here. My husband, and I actually met at Gettysburg college a very long time ago and after school moved all around. And then we realized like, you know what? Gettysburg really is home. So we moved back just a couple of years ago to raise our family. That is so cool. So, and you guys are college sweethearts, correct? We are. I never planned on dating anyone seriously in college. And then I met Dennis and was like, well, that plan went out the window. (laughs) (laughs) It's always funny. It's like, we have this vision of where we think our life's going. And then, you know, it's like, whoa, there's, (laughs) this is actually where it's going. And usually it's a little bit better than we imagined. So you guys are in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. You've got two boys. You're a stay at home mom by day. And then by night you are hosting the live by design podcast, which I just think is so cool because your whole MO is let's live by design, not default mind blowing because (laughs) so many of us, you know, we are just like in the rhythm of life, like not even realizing that we are creating our life just by being on autopilot. And you are here to say, hold on, let's put a pause and let's design our life. So tell us a little bit about the live by design podcast and the LBD collective. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because growing up my, my younger brother was just dealt a really hard hand in life, more challenging than most of us have. He was nonverbal and a type one diabetic and 
had to work really hard at PT and OT just to go about his day um, at a, in a way that felt really good for him. And so from a very young age, I was always tagging along to these appointments and I was always there for the PT, for the OT. Like I, I did all that work with him and I saw what a gift it was that I was born into the body that I have with the, the mind that I have and the heart that I have. And I was like, wow, he works so hard and he's so joyful. Like if I put half that intention into my life, what could it look like? Right. And so I just realized at such a young age, like, wow, like life is such a gift and I really don't want to squander it. So that's where like live by design and that by default totally comes from like absolutely inspired by my brother. And, you know, it's funny. I started the podcast in 2020, like so many of us did, and I had had it on my heart to start for the longest time. And I kept kind of just putting it off and being like, well, I'm busy. I've got little children, da, 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 da. Right. And then I was like, okay, well I'm home. So I should, I should make this happen. And it started off just as this passion project. Like I had it on my heart to just encourage women specifically to live by design, to be really purposeful, to, to not become the like gorgeous, amazing, gray haired, 80 year old version of yourself. And to look back on your life and be like, dang, I just kind of went through the motions of life and I didn't really live it or I didn't live it with purpose or intention. I didn't do the things that, that was really on my heart to do. And so in a way, the podcast holds me accountable to that desire for my life because I feel so strongly that I can't share this message of intentional living and, and not do it myself. So yeah, that's, that's where the podcast was born from. And, uh, and the collective is really just our women's group coaching community where we come together every month and we just take the podcast one step further. That's amazing. It's just so incredible. So there was your brother mm -hmm. that you know, you were just a part of that and got to see firsthand how he found joy despite some of his obstacles, which is just mm -hmm. incredible. That sounds like you came from like a family that really knows how to be resilient and yeah. rise above. And so from an early age, you kind of tapped into this secret of a purpose-driven life. And now you're like, all right, I'm going to share this with others. And I'm so glad you did that in 2020. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, me too. It's been such a fun journey. And I've gotten to meet like so many cool people like you, like I, I get to be in community with these incredible women who I would have never had the opportunity to connect with if I hadn't have just gotten up a little bit of gumption and gotten over like feeling self-conscious talking to myself into a microphone and just did it, you know? <laughs> oh, I so relate. I a hundred percent relate. Cause I started in 2021, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like calculating the whole together. <laughs> and it is like the connections are so cool. So yeah, I'm right there with you and super glad you did it. Cause we're, and we're going to dive into your whole MO, your, your goal and your mission about finding this purpose-driven life and not being overwhelmed by it. But I have to tell you before we dive into the, the deeper stuff, when I was thumbing through some of your resources and everything you have, I noticed you're a morning person. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So tell me what is it that you love about the morning? Oh my goodness. I love everything about the morning. You know, actually the funny thing is, is that I am not a natural morning person like at all. I'm also not a night person. I'm like an 8 AM person. <laughs> <laughs> like my brain stops working after like 6 PM. Like I'm no good. And, um, I wasn't a morning person until we had kids. And so right mm. now we have a four-year-old and a three-year-old. And I very, like very quickly realized once I was home full-time with them, like the day gets away from you so quickly. And I'm sure it's this way, even when your kids are older. And I was like, if I don't wake up early, like I'm in reaction mode all day, I'm reacting to their needs. Wow. I'm reacting to my needs. I'm reacting to my husband's needs. Like he works from home. So we're together all the time, which is what we love. It's what we want. 
but I was always in reaction mode. And I don't know if it falls to me because I'm a mom. I don't know what it is. Right. But I'm, I'm their primary caretaker during the day. And I'd get to the end of the day and I was like, I am like emotionally tapped out. I'm touched out. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. So like, there's no way I'm going to go work out or hop on my Peloton because I'm tired. And I just felt so depleted at the end of the day. And I was like, okay, well, this isn't working. So I'm constantly like reevaluating my life. Yeah. So I'm constantly looking at my life as this big experiment. And so I looked at my day and I was like, okay, well, this isn't working the way that it is. And that's okay. Right. It's a non-judgment type of thing. It's like, let's just build some awareness around this like feeling or this issue, right. Of feeling depleted. It's like, okay, how can we, how can we rework this? And so actually my husband and I, my husband is a morning person. Okay. Okay. begrudge him a little bit for, but I'm also grateful for because he kind of helps me, helps me be one. And so what we do in the morning is we tag team morning routines. So from six to 7am, he gets an hour of time totally to himself. So that's time that you can use. Oh, it's so nice. Like, and the thing is that we've agreed that like, neither of us gets to have a say in what the other one does. So like, if you want to take a bath one morning, awesome. You take a bath at 6am, right. Or if you want to work out, go for it. For me in the season I'm in, I've been going for a lot of walks. So from six to 7am, he does his like just kid-free focus on yourself time. And I do from seven to 8am and then he starts work right at eight. So when I finish up my time, he just goes up to his office and starts his work day. So in the winter time, my like morning routine is a little bit more structured. I come down to this little office space I have. And my rule for myself is it's a tech-free time because it's time to mm. connect with myself and not be like, consuming other people's content as great as it might be. It's the time to focus on me and filling my cup before I have to like pour into everybody else. Right. Sure. And sure. So I sit down and I'll, I'll do a gratitude practice, which is also a goals practice. So I do that. I'll do a short meditation and it could just be like headspace or something on YouTube or what I really like to do too, is I'll just put on a favorite song and I'll just close my eyes for like the five minutes of the song. And I just, I sit here and I just breathe and I'm just like, in my body. I'm just really present. And then after that, I'll do a little stream of conscious journaling. And by the time all that's wrapped up, by the time I've like poured my coffee, extricated myself from my youngest, come downstairs, done all of that. I've got maybe 10 or 15 minutes left. And then I'll just run upstairs and get dressed for the day. Cause otherwise I'm in my pajamas way too long. (laughs) (laughs) We're so comfy, you know, (laughs) I'm like, why would I take these off? Right. And then I have to go out in public and I'm like, oh, right. I need to put on like, (laughs) (laughs) it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. And the thing I really loved of what you said is like, if you don't do this, like you're in reaction mode and you're not able to live what you feel so passionately about, which is helping to live, have an intentional day, right? Like be intentional with your time, with your energy. It's like, no, when you wake up late and I always say like the day takes you on before you take on the day, it's like, yeah, you're just, you're reacting instead of being intentional. I love that now. Okay. So I'm like your husband. I'm a morning person mm-hmm. always have been. And same thing for me. Like when my kids were born, I was like, all right, I, my morning routine just got a little earlier is what happened, mm-hmm. but it was easy for me because I love the mornings. And I, when I work with people and I tell them like, no, you got to get up, you got to take on the day before it takes on you. And if they're not a morning person, they look at me like, I'm absolutely insane. Like just you know, I'm not doing it. So I'm just really curious you not being a morning person sounds like your husband helped, but how did you get yourself to overcome that hump? So you were productive and intentional with that morning time. 
Yeah. You know, I, I like to think about future Kate a lot, which might sound really funny to say, but I think about future Kate, like my alarm goes off. I wear like an Apple watch to bed. And so that way it vibrates in the morning. So I'm not like my kids know when I wake up though. So it doesn't matter what time I wake up. They always wake up around the same time, but I, I set it on my watch. So it vibrates. So I'm not waking up everyone else around me. And I think about future Kate in that moment, in that moment that I want to snooze, or I just want to turn off the alarm and like roll back over and go to sleep. I'm like, okay, Kate, two hours from now is going to be so grateful that this version of myself got her tush out of bed and spent this time pouring into herself as much as I'm like, no, a little bit more sleep would be so nice. Like, yeah, of course it would be like, I'm a tired mom, but like, I, I try to be really proactive with it. And I go to bed early. Like I'm in bed by like 10 o'clock most nights. Like my little sisters know if they call me anytime after like nine, my phone's already in sleep mode. <laughs> and so like, unless it's an emergency, like I'm probably not going to hear from you. Um, so I go to bed early and then I, I like to use Mel Robbins five second rule, which is it's a starting ritual. Essentially it like gets your activation energy going and the way she describes it is like she came up with it because one night she saw on TV like a rocket ship blast off and she knew that she needed to start her day more intentionally. So the next morning she woke up and she literally counted down like she was the rocket ship and went like five, four, three, two, one, go. And when you hit go in your mind, you have to launch yourself out of bed oh and you God. can use this. It's so great. And it's such a great starting ritual because it just gets you like everything is, it's so hard to get started, but once you're in motion, like once that energy is going, you can just keep it going. Mm -hmm. Um, so I use, I use that trick a lot. Like you'd think like <laughs> as many years as I am into this routine that it would just happen naturally for me. And I'm, I'm still not, I'm still not totally naturally a morning person, but I know how to get myself out of bed. So I use that. Um, I also have on days when I like really don't want to get out of bed. There's this like very old Nike YouTube video. That's like three minutes long. And it's like, you get up and you, you do the thing. And it's like, got this guy with like the most magical deep voice ever. And for some reason I find it so inspiring. And so <laughs> I'll pull that up and just play it. And I'm like, okay, Nike, just do it. I got this. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, what I really appreciate about what you're saying is like, you're, it's still not natural to you. Like you still mm -hmm. have to work at it. And I think that's something that well, I'm guessing that non-morning people relate to. <laughs> it's like, you have to talk yourself into it. Um, and I loved this idea of future Kate, but only like two hours in advance. Like I always, yeah. think, you know, I always think like, okay, do something that future Jess will thank you for, but I'm thinking like a week down the road or a month or a year, but even two hours, I mean, that really simplifies it. And that's really powerful. I think you just got me there. I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> just two hours from now, what's she going to be grateful for? That's I really appreciate that Kate. Awesome. Yeah. I like that idea. It helps just kind of inspire and motivate me on the mm -hmm. days, especially when I'm like, I know what my quote best self wants me to do, but like my tired self doesn't really feel like it. So I'm always <laughs> like, all right, future Kate, like help me out, girlfriend. Oh, I love that so much, Kate. Well, I'm so welcome to the morning club. I'm glad you're a part of it now, even though it doesn't always come naturally. And I think you'll probably inspire more people to join the club. Now we're going to shift over and talk about purpose. And it sounds like you touched on this a little bit with your brother, but tell me a little bit more about your journey to discovering your own purpose. Yeah. You know, that's such a great question. I'm like, so excited for this conversation, Jess. So so it started with my brother and just realizing like what a gift life is. Right. And, but then I went to school and college and I grew up in such a way that I was really encouraged to be like very type a very goal oriented, a plus student, people pleasing to the max. 
Um, and I did really well in school and I mean, I was stressed, but I, I did well. And then I went to college and I did all the things you're supposed to do and, you know, graduated Phi Beta Kappa and, and got a really great job offer after school with people I love and I'm still connected with. But I just, I took all the things that worked well for me when I was younger, like overworking. And I mean, like I got good grades in school, but not because I'm like super naturally talented. I just worked really hard. And so I just, I started doing that in my work and I, I was working myself like way too much. And I was putting so much pressure on myself to be like the perfect employee and like to do it all. And I got to this point where I was 25 and, and I hadn't learned yet really at that point, like what people pleasing was and perfectionist tendencies and, and how they were actually hurting me and not helping me. Um, and I got to this point at 25 and I remember having, I jokingly call it a quarter life crisis, but it literally happened. I like turned 25 and was like, what am I doing with my life? Right? Like I was not living by design. I was really just like, I, w- I kept doing the next thing that was expected of me. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Cause if that also falls in line with your purpose, that's awesome. Um, but it wasn't for me. I just felt really, I was just overwhelmed. I was really stressed. And I have this very vivid memory of sitting on my couch. We were living in Chicagoland at the time. And I was sitting next to my husband and I come home from work and I was so overwhelmed. I was like having stress nightmares that my email was crashing. Like I was, it was just like not a really healthy place to be. And I remember just crying so hard because I was just like overwhelmed by everything. And I, I was like, I don't even know where I would start to change any of this because it just felt insurmountable. And I'll never forget. He was sitting next to me and he was rubbing my back and he said, I just wish I could make this better for you. And it was like, I still actually get tingles when I talk about it. And it like chokes me up a little bit because I'm so grateful to have him in my life. And he, he spoke these words to me. I just wish there was something I could do for you. And that was my like light bulb moment of like, oh, like what I'm not changing, I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. I'm literally the only person who can change anything about this situation of feeling overwhelmed, of feeling stressed and kind of stuck. Uh, and I was like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I, have, I have to do something about this. And And up until that point, I had had this, like, it's like when your intuition speaks or like Glennon Doyle calls it like your inner knowing. I kept having this thought that I wanted to be a yoga teacher. And I was Mm -hmm. like, that's crazy self. Like, don't talk about that. You just finished up like however many years of school and like you're on this path, your career wise, that this is like not related at all to, right. And I kept having this thought because I had started taking yoga to try to help me like get out of my head and into my body during the Mm -hmm. season that was really challenging. And I like, I just remember being like, I think I really want to be a yoga teacher. And then of course you have to confront all of the, like all the shoulds that everybody else has for your life. You have to confront the people pleasing behaviors. You have to think through like, what will my parents think? Mm -hmm. Like, what will my Mm -hmm. colleagues think? Like, and up until that point, I had given other people the ability to like validate my happiness and my self-worth and my self-esteem. And it was this huge process of me being like, oh, I actually, I have to take that power back. I have to be at the end of the day, I have to be happy with how I spent my time. And, and that's actually Mark Manson is a a American philosopher. And he talks about, I love his approach to purpose because he says, instead of purpose, feeling like this huge, big, scary, daunting thing. um, He just says, how can I like spend my time in a way that's important? and important to you personally. And so 
I did what felt like so scary. And it totally was. I like cried my way through quitting my job because I loved my boss so much. I was like, I'm so sorry. I love you. I love this company, but I just I, like, I need, I have to follow this intuition that I have. And so mm-hmm. long story short, I became a yoga teacher. I loved it. I absolutely loved everything about it. And then we moved after four or five years of teaching yoga full-time back to the East coast where we're from to start our family. And when I was pregnant, I was horrendously sick all nine months of both pregnancies. And I was like, I can't actually teach yoga. Like I, I can't commit to being in a room for an hour and leading people. And so I became an online health coach Mm -hmm. because of that kind of like pivot of like, okay, I need the flexibility of working from home. And then from there I started the podcast. And so it's been this continual process of reevaluation of, of being open to trying new things and to knowing that like the next right decision doesn't have to be it for you forever. Mm -hmm. Right. Like yoga was, Oh, like yoga was so, so wonderful. And I I'm still friends with so many of my students, even though we live time zones apart now in multiple Mm -hmm. States away. Um, but that was right for that season. And then Mm -hmm. I had to be open to like, okay, what am I going to take? Like from teaching yoga, I learned how to like speak in front of people and not like sweat through eight layers of clothing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I still do that sometimes, but like, you know, I learned how to be in control of a space of people and to teach them and to guide them and to do it with confidence. Right. There was a big confidence building that happened in that season. And then with health coaching, I learned how to connect with people on a, on a deeper, more personal one-on-one level. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's not about like purpose to me, isn't about knowing like I know what 80 year old Kate should be quote should be. I just know that I'm going to trust my intuition. I'm going to do what feels important in this season. Mm -hmm. And even if, or when that changes, because life is seasonal, it's going to keep changing. It's about looking back and saying like, that was a really great season, or even that was a really hard season, but what did I learn about myself? What did I cultivate or grow within myself that I can take forward Mm -hmm. with me? Oh, so good. So good. I mean, I think so many people can relate to that initial overwhelm that you felt and getting there through mm-hmm. this like series of doing it right and being perfect and people pleasing. <laughs> I didn't know what people pleasing was either. When I was in my early twenties, I'm like, why is there not a college course on this? Like, right. why <laughs> are we not teaching everybody that you don't have to do things just because culture or family like tells you, this is what you should be doing. Now, of course mm-hmm. there's, you know, wonderful. We have mentors and people that guide us and that's all very valid and something we need in our life. And at the same time, Like there is a reason we have this, you know, whatever you want, inner knowing your intuition. Like, I know for me, it's definitely like rooted in my faith. And I'm like, okay, like God, where do you want me? And as long as I'm there and I'm staying with that, like that overwhelm doesn't come. And it sounds like you going through all of that, like you did it all like quote, right. You know, you, Uh (laughs) you went to college, you got to the job, but, but you weren't living this life that was with peace and joy. And it can be scary to make those shifts, but it's so cool that you did. And what I really love about what you said is the seasons Mm -hmm. and how we don't, I think you're right. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to like be intentional and do it right. And make sure I even think sometimes like trying to trust your own intuition can be overwhelming because you know uh-huh. my intuition changes whether it's Tuesday uh, or Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love about what you're saying is like, no, you got to go with the seasons because mm-hmm. life is not stagnant. It is not the same. And things are going to present themselves at different seasons. And we just are grateful for it as it comes. I love that. Yeah. And it, it, it's really cool to think too, like life is seasonal. You can, and mm-hmm. another neat thing about purpose to me is like, you can pursue more than one purpose at one time. Oh, and, 
and your purpose can change over time too. But like for me, being a stay-at-home mom with my boys is one of my purposes. Like Mm -hmm. I love spending time with them so much. And then another purpose is all of this work that I do with the podcast and sharing conversations like this, right? And both of those are really fulfilling for me. And I can't, I can't just be mom, Kate, and I can't just be podcaster, Kate. I have to have room for both Mm -hmm. to exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I think this whole approach does take pressure off. And this is something you Mm -hmm. really specialize in is like reducing the overwhelm in finding your purpose. So talk to me a little bit more about how people can not get so caught up in like, (laughs) I'm just laughing because I think we go from like doing it right and people pleasing to like, how do I find my purpose? Right. You know, (laughs) it's almost like we just repackage the perfectionism. Yep. Um, So how do you help people overcome this overwhelm and this like decision fatigue on finding their purpose and just being present? Talk to me a little bit about that. I love that question. I love us. I like really appreciate that you bring up decision fatigue because that is so real. And when you have that fatigue, it's so much easier to fall back into those people pleasing tendencies into, you know, fixed mindset or whatever the case might be, because that's, what's comfortable. That's what's Mm. known. And when you get tired of making these big decisions or even small decisions that feel big, right. Um, it can be really tiring. So the first thing I recommend, and we've actually done this exercise on a personal basis, but also as a family is coming up with like three core values for yourself, Mm -hmm. like three things that guide your life. Like for you, I know faith is really important, right? So like maybe faith is one of your three tenants. And when you create these core values, you can, you can take decisions and place them over. Like, it's almost like, um, like when we were kids and we were us who are old enough, there are projectors and mm-hmm. our teachers or professors would put like a clear paper on top and they would write with like a dry erase marker. <laughs> and so it's like the projector is your core value and you can layer on a question and you can ask yourself, like, is this in, in relation to my core values? And mm-hmm. so for me, it's as a family, especially family service and adventure are all really important to us. And so when I make decisions, I think about like, is this in service to other people? Does this mm-hmm. love other people? Well, does this help them live by design and not by default? Since that's the thing I feel so passionately about, or is this in alignment for my family or is this adventurous? Like we love going on adventures. I know you guys love to camp. Like that's a really fun adventure for us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I make decisions, I, I kind of layer it. I think about it against these three core values. So that's the first thing I would do just to like alleviate some of that fatigue is like, think about what your core values might be. And there's some really great questions that you can ask yourself. Like when you think about taking like aligned action, right. This idea of, of moving yourself towards this purpose or purposes, the idea that one, like imperfect action beats perfect in action every time. Love that. And I learned so good. I, it's so good. I learned that from Ed Milet years ago. That was like early on in my learning to like, let go of perfectionism. I heard him say that on another show. And I mean, it's been like seven years and I, it's still like, I think about it pretty much every day because I'm still fighting those, those tendencies towards perfectionism and just being like, just do the thing. Right. Uh, another thing to remember is that nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you feel stuck and you keep doing the same things over and over, like nothing is really changing. Right. And so we have to give ourselves permission to try new things, to be bad at things when we start, um, because that's part of the learning process. Like when I became a yoga teacher, I was not a great yoga teacher. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, like I remember once teaching a class, I, I used to teach a ton of 6am classes because nobody wanted to teach them. And I was like, well, I just want to get in a studio and get all the word vomit out so I can figure out how to teach well. And so I used to teach like three 6am classes a week. That probably was the beginning of my like trying to become a morning person. <laughs> I remember teaching this class with this student. His name is Scott and he was the nicest man in the world. And he was so understanding when I was like figuring out how to teach. I remember trying to cue this one posture and he just looked at me and like shook his head like, Kate, that just made no sense. (laughs) (laughs) And instead of like starting to cry or like walking out of the room, I was like, no, Kate, you have to like, we have to figure this out. So I was like, okay, guys words are hard. Let's try that again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you just, you, you keep showing up imperfectly. You keep taking action. You mm-hmm. get yourself just a little bit outside of your comfort zone. I, I love this idea of, um, James Clear and Atomic Habits talks about a just manageable difficulty mm-hmm. for things that help you grow by like 1%. And mm-hmm. so it's not like for me, like climbing Everest would be a ridiculous goal right now. Like Mm -hmm. I am not a hiker. Um, like I'm asthmatic, like I'm still figuring out how to move my body with, you know, being able to breathe at the same time. Right. But maybe like hiking Cunningham falls, which is an hour down the road for me, like that's of just manageable difficulty. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so giving yourself permission to try these new things, uh, you can even think about like, what were things you loved when you were young? Like things that you kind of lost to adulthood. Did you love to draw? Did you love to just go for walks in nature? Did you love to read? Like so many of us, we stop reading and we love it. Mm-hmm. And we come back home to it and we're like, oh, I really enjoy this. And and maybe that's how you spend your time doing something that's important to you, right? Like it doesn't have to be this huge life-changing purpose. It could be like, I just want to spend some time with myself each day and really enjoy it, right? So I would just like, let go of the perfectionism, start taking action because nothing changes if nothing changes. And just know too, I think a lot of times there's this idea that our purpose has to be tied to our career. Um, I'm really fortunate in that I've been able to to tie one of my purposes with the work that I do. Um, but just a reminder that that doesn't have to be the case. You might really love your job and it might be totally separate from the work you do on your off hours for something else that you're really passionate about. So just a little bit of permission giving there too. Oh, I love that. I love all of it. So the core values piece, I want to park on that for just a second. Cause, um, that's a lot of what I talk about on this podcast too, is empowered eating is like, you've got to have these figures. Like you have to know your top three to five and everything is filtered through that. And yeah. you're really talking about this on a, a grander picture. Like I talk about it with food, you know, I'm like, is your donut in alignment with your values? <laughs> and that's a very good question though. <laughs> it is. But I think if we have it, you know, on the, on the bigger picture, if we haven't worked out on the bigger picture and we are very clear, like this is what's most important to me. It helps us navigate those daily decisions. Cause we do have a lot from donuts to laundry, to how we spend our time, like, you know, the little things and the big things. And those values are so, so crucial because it does help us with what you said. I liked the aligned action, like making it and taking action that aligns with those values. And Mm -hmm. I, I love again, your permission to not get so wrapped up in like, it has to be my career. You're right. I think a lot of us get tied to that, which I was thinking actually this morning, I was driving the kids to school and I was like, do I think I was made to be a dietitian? Like, do I think Mm. that's my purpose? And I was like, no, I don't actually. I think I just kind of was put into that through like steps in life. But I think like my purpose and my mission is to like speak encouraging words into people. And I can do that Mm -hmm. through being a dietitian. And so 
I don't necessarily need to up and change my career, which I, I did think for a long time, <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> what have I done with my life? But I think when you really get clear on those values, it helps you just reevaluate everything in your life and you can decide what needs to stay and what mm-hmm. does need to go. And, you know, for me, being a dietitian needed to stay because it actually was a great opportunity to live out my faith, to serve my family, to be of service to people. And I do find joy in it. You know, it's not like yeah. I hate my job. I love my job. <laughs> I actually really, really <laughs> love it. So I really, really feel like tethered to those values. And I love that that sounds like it's at the core of what you do. And you're right. It reduces the overwhelm. It's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I I think another thing too, about purpose, where we sometimes get hung up is we think like, well, one, it's too overwhelming to start. So hopefully Mm -hmm. we've started to kind of debunk that myth a little bit. Mm -hmm. The second thing is we think it's too late, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm 33. I have two young children. Like they're going to be in my house living here for like two more decades or a little bit less. Right. Like I'm really like, that's a big part of my life. And if I woke up one day and I felt unfulfilled and I maybe felt a little stuck. I might think like, well, it's too late. I have already committed to to being a mom and showing up in this way, but it's too late for me to pursue something for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's, it's, it's totally understandable why we feel that way, why we feel overwhelmed by all the responsibilities and all the things that we have to do for everybody else. But I just want to remind everybody, like, it's never too late. Like maybe this is the start of a new season where you create some time for yourself each day, like 30 minutes to just like think through what are the things you enjoy or what is something you want to change or what is something that brings you joy and, and you want to share with others? How do you want to be of service? Whatever that looks like for you and just make 30 minutes each day to take some of those aligned action steps. Even if they don't lead to anything, it helps get you out of that feeling of being stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's never too late to start. You could be listening to this, like for example, my Grammy is 91 years old and at 90, she came on my podcast and she was like, Oh, I love that. Oh, it's so cute. It's like one of my, it's like probably my most treasured episode because it's this beautiful little time capsule. We talked about our love of reading. Um, but for her, she was like, what? I can't go on a podcast. I'm 90 years old. It was so cute. I put the the microphone down on her kitchen table and she looks at it and she goes real skeptically. Does this thing take video? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Grammy. It's just audio. Right. And so if my Grammy at 90, 90 years old can be like, okay, like this feels a little intimidating. Like it, it's too late to start podcasting. Right. But she was like, no, I want to sit down. I want to do this thing of just manageable difficulty, right? It was obviously outside of her comfort zone, but she sat down and had the conversation anyways, right? So I love that. All that to say, like if she can sit down at her kitchen table and talk to me on the show at 90, um, it's never too late for any of us to try something new. No, it's not. And I feeling that so hard right now, because mm -hmm. I think there is this cultural pressure that like, we have to have everything done by 30. So my little sister, we actually just went, um, or we start to expire after 30, something crazy like right. that. But uh, so let me back up. My little sister just turned 30 and we just celebrated it. And I was like, how was your 30th birthday? Like, what did you think? And she kind of looked at me like with these eyes and I was like, it's epically disappointing, isn't it? And she was like, it is. And we talked, we were talking about how there is like this pressure that you have to be at a certain place. And for some reason, I, maybe it's just me and my family, but it's like, <laughs> for us, it was like 30. We're supposed to have it our family, our career, like the right house, like it all figured out by 30. And I know when I turned 30, I was like, no, I have none of this. You know, (laughs) I'm so far behind. And I think when we can pull away from that, we start to see how much like power and grace there is in getting older. And like, when I'm hearing about your Grammy, Gammy, is it Gammy? Yeah. Grammy. Grammy. Okay. 
when I'm hearing about Grammy getting on the podcast at 91, I'm like, she, why should she get on the podcast at 91? Because she is 91. Like she has more wisdom than I think anyone else. So I love that and pulling away from kind of those cultural expiration dates Mm -hmm. and knowing that there is like, it's never too late and you can do anything you want at any age. And this is something that is so comforting to me because I'm getting closer to 40 and now I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much more. I want to do it. I want to, you know, one of my things is I want to be a hairdresser by the time I turn 50. This is one of my goals, Yes. but like not now I want to do it between 45 and 50. And for a long time, I thought the same thing you're talking about. Like it's, I can't do that at that age. Like nobody, who's going to go to a 50 year old hairdresser. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be the coolest 50 year old hairdresser (laughs) out there. And I can't wait. And so I love that you're putting that into people's minds and inviting them to live no matter where they're at. It's never too late, no matter what path they're on, that Mm -hmm. there is always opportunity. So it sounds like, like your doorway into this is just a little bit of time, whether it's Mm -hmm. 30 minutes of journaling, whether it's tell me a little bit more about how you get people to open this door of opportunity because it is such a cool door, but it can be intimidating. Yeah. It can be super scary. And we can also have this tendency to like, to over plan, which is like a form of procrastination. We're like, okay, well my, my, uh, for example, so you have somebody who, what would be a good example? Somebody whose purpose feels very tied to being a teacher. Right. And maybe they want to teach via a podcast, right? They're like, I want to be, I want to host a podcast where I I teach and I educate and I inspire. Um, inspire is a scary word to me. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I inspire anybody, but I just want to uplift people. Right. Mm-hmm. So somebody who, who just wants to start a show wants to share from the heart and encourage others. And they're like, okay, that's really on my heart to do. That feels like an aligned action that I can take is starting a show, sharing conversations and uplifting others. And they're like, okay, so my aligned action activities, I always say like, make a list, but here's the key. It can't be like 40 things long because then when it's time to sit mm. down and do something, you're like totally overwhelmed because how good are we at making lists <laughs> and then being right? like, okay, <laughs> I feel better because the list is made, but I'm not going to work on it because there's 40 <laughs> things and it's scaring the heck out of me. Right. Uh-huh, <laughs> so uh-huh. I'm like five steps, three, three to five steps max of like, okay, what is an aligned action I can do? I can watch a YouTube series about how somebody started a podcast, right? I can learn how to edit my show. I can learn um, how to create cover art on Canva, whatever it is, right? You make a couple of things and you just start, you just, you pick the easiest thing that the point of like lowest entry, like lowest barrier to entry, and you just have to start doing it. And one thing that really helps me is setting like literally a 10 minute timer. (laughs) And so I'll like set a 10 minute timer and I'll do like, for me, I'm in a season of, of really growing my women's collective of wanting to just serve and connect with more women. And for some reason, it's like really intimidating to me to reach out on a one-on-one basis and be like, Hey, Jess, do you want to come join us this month for growth night? I think you might really enjoy it. And you're the type of person we'd love to have in our group for some reason, that's so hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. And so I set a 10 minute timer. Cause I'm like, I know it, it, one of my purposes is to connect with love and serve women. So I set a 10 minute timer and I'll reach out to like three people individually via email, or I'll reach out on Instagram with a voice memo or box or whatever. And after 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, I feel really good. I like, I did my aligned action. It was of just manageable difficulty. And I feel like I'm moving closer to that goal of growing this community. Right. And you do it over and over. And each time you get a little bit more comfortable with it, you know, you're a little less, like your heart beats a little slower. The butterflies maybe aren't there, 
and you just keep showing up for yourself. So I think the biggest thing is like starting small, not procrastinating by like overwhelming yourself with a super long to-do list and giving yourself permission to learn as you go. Like maybe, maybe you, you go down this road and you're like, okay, I want to host a podcast and you start getting down the road and you're like, you know what, actually, I don't think podcasting is my thing. And that's totally fine. Maybe you're like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to host a series of YouTube videos where I, I speak from the heart, whatever it might be, but just taking the action of pursuing the podcast idea helped move you along the path. Right. And so we don't always know where it's going to end up, right? Our seasons of life change. A lot of life can happen and, and change things for us. And that's okay. We just, we keep, we keep moving. We keep making that time each day, even if it's like 10 minutes at a time. I love that. Okay. So to recap, Kate, we've got number one, we got to get our values. Like that's a mm-hmm. non-negotiable. We have got to figure out what those top three to five values are. Um, then you talk about this aligned action. So making sure we're, we're engaging in actions or we're actually carrying out actions that are in alignment with those values. And that they're, I love these words, just manageable difficulty. Like they're hard mm-hmm. enough to make us a little bit uncomfortable, but not so much that we're totally overwhelmed. And then we're stuck or we're procrastinating or we're stuck in perfectionism. Um, and then we start with three to five steps, something small. And I love how you, you simplify it for folks and you make it very um, manageable, which I, being a perfectionist, uh, recovering, I'm still in recovery, <laughs> being a recovering perfectionist, like immediately, it's almost like I have resistance to that, you know, uh-huh. where I'm like, oh, but small steps. I don't, I don't want to do small steps. I want to do big <laughs> steps. Like <laughs> how do I get to the big things? But to your point, it's like, it gets you on your way. And yeah. Even though if you're okay with failing or quote failing, or maybe not doing it perfect the first time, it's going to push you on this journey and start creating energy to move forward. And eventually you get to where you're supposed to be. Right. Yes. And it's yeah. all a part of the plan and, and getting to really you living that purpose-driven life. So cool. Did I yeah. miss anything? No, that's totally it. I think like in summary, I would say like, and it's a cliche, but I believe in it that more about the journey than the destination. Mm-hmm. When, when I taught about this, we, we did a whole month on purpose in the collective. And I remember like, I, I'm a very visual learner. So in my mind's eye, I can see the slide and I created this fun little graphic of like, basically like a car on a path. And it's like this loop-de-loop kind of circuitous route that it takes. Right. And so it's not about up into the right 45 degree angle of mm-hmm. quote improvement. Right. It's about if you're taking these aligned actions every day, For me, that looks like showing up and serving on the podcast, showing up in the collective coaching one-on-one, you know, the things that I do or spending time with my kids and going on dates with my husband. Like these are things that make me feel really fulfilled Mm -hmm. in my purpose, in my core values. And so at the end of that one day, I feel really content. I feel really joyful, feel really grateful. Right. And your life is lived right now, right? Mm -hmm. This moment that you and I are sharing, like this moment when somebody's listening, like this is your life right now. And we don't necessarily are guaranteed tomorrow and we don't want to live in the past. Like we're right here. And so if we can take these aligned actions every day and at the end of the day, we can feel content, mm-hmm. purpose-driven, joyful, grateful, whatever that is for you, um, then that is a life really well lived. So even if the route is circuitous and it doesn't end up where you think, you know, 90 year old Kate is one day, like maybe it's somewhere even better. Maybe mm-hmm. it's somewhere I couldn't have even imagined, but if you just keep showing up. You keep doing those 10 minutes, those 30 minutes, you feel good at the end of your day. Then over time that accumulates to a really beautiful life. 
So good. So good, Kate. Well, I cannot thank you enough for coming on here and sharing your story with us. Um, tell folks that are listening how they can connect with you and about some of the resources you offer. Oh, thank you so much, Jess. This is so much fun. I like pinch myself every day that I get to have conversations like this. So thank you so much for having me here. Yes. Yeah, so um, my podcast is the live by design podcast, and you can actually go back and listen to Jess's episode on the show. Cause it's incredible. And it's all about learning to like love and appreciate yourself where you are in the season that you're in. I've actually re-listened to your episode because <laughs> your oh, insights you. are, yeah, your insights are so beautiful and really touched me. Um, so that's where you can find me. I'm on all the, the all the listening apps for podcasts. And then the hub of everything I do is over at my website, misskatehouse.com. Um, because there's another Kate House out there, I guess, and she has katehouse.com. So I'm just MSKateHouse.com. And that's where you can find the podcast again, the women's collective uh, courses that I offer. Um, and I'm on Instagram over at Miss Kate House as well. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure I link all of those in the show notes so folks have no trouble finding you. Thank you again so much for coming on here today, Kate. And you know, I'm thinking today, like I have a, a packed day. I'm, I told you before we started recording, I've got the kids on my own. My husband's out of town, like lots going on. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to be in the moment. I got lots to do. What well, I'm going to do the best I can. Some things are going to fall through the cracks, but that's okay because at the end of the day what matters to me is I'm healthy I'm grateful for another day I'm gonna hug my boys and I'm gonna know I did the best I could today and not get hung up on perfection so thank you for that gift yes. for me today I'm gonna <laughs> take that and I'm gonna I'm gonna fill that say thank you again for sharing that here with me and with all these listeners of course thank you so much Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome, Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.